Okay. G'day everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're speaking with Eugene Choi. This is correct? Yes, that's my name. <laughs> Hello. And we're at Artspace because Hugh is a one year studio resident. Yes. Yeah. Woo. Um, I'll do. Do you want to? We can just continue our conversation. We could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it depends how, like. What, the anemic conversation? Yes! <laughs> how exposed you want to be. But we I'm, also... I, I'm actually really happy to expose all of myself. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's an audio medium. I'm very open, I think. And so I'm not scared of any kind of question. Okay. Or, yeah, I think. Do you... How's it going here, being resident? It's been good. Um, to be honest, yeah, I think... let's be honest. Yeah, I'm going to be very <laughs> honest. I think that um, this, I got this studio too early in my, in my life. In your career. In my career <laughs> as an artist. Um, can you I, only have it once? Well, you can only have it once. Mm. And when I applied, I really didn't think I'd get it. Oh. And some, my, like my friend who was working here at the time, JD. Do you know JD, mm. reformer? No. Oh well, he, well, he was. I just said yes. Oh, and I yeah. Well, he was work. He was working here. Um, he was on the team, and I was like, "Chidi, should I apply?" And he was like, "I mean, I think it's good practice. You're probably not going to get it, mm. but it, you know, you'll probably get it on the third go." So you're probably a victim of your own success. Yeah. Well, I was like, "Yep, yeah, great." Applied. Didn't even put much effort into it. Is that the story of your life, though? Like, I don't know. Well, just have a go. Don't put much effort in. Things turn out. People want me. No, that involved. is definitely not how it goes. <laughs> I wish. No, no. You wouldn't learn anything if it was like that, right? Would True. you? No. I don't know. Not challenging. No. I think that's what they say about needing a heartbreak so that you understand how to love. I definitely agree with that. Because that... <laughs> yeah, tell me. Tell me more. No, no. Just, just I just agree with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. The studio has been good, but what, I feel like. What are you doing here? What do I do in here? What do you do? Um, I, I well, firstly, I come in and I usually make a tea. Mm. Or a coffee, like but at the moment, green I don't have any or... coffee. Well, I usually actually just drink a peppermint tea. Ooh. I know, because I, I always like have a coffee before I come here. Okay, you're already caffeinated. I'm already caffeinated, and I usually I just drink instant coffee in here, which is kind of gross, but I kind of love instant coffee. I'm not a coffee snob. Um, <laughs> but I sit down, and I kind of try and make a plan for the day. Oh. Yeah, I actually, because otherwise I don't do anything. Okay. Otherwise I'll be confused. The time goes by and I'm just like, well, now it's, now I'm ready to go to bed. Okay, so <laughs> the plan, um, how the do you plan. make a plan? I just kind of, okay, I sit down on this couch, the couch that we're both sitting yes. in right now. Yeah. It's very comfortable. Where did this come from? Um, my friend gave oh. it to me. I know. He was moving out and then he was like, do you need a couch? And I was like, I do indeed. I need a couch. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess it depends on what I'm working on at the time. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I'm not really working on anything. Like, I mean, there's I've got a show 
in January here, like downstairs in the ideas platform. And so I guess I can think about that, but also it's kind of a bit far away. So I'm not too, I don't feel too much pressure at the moment. So right now, right now my focus is actually just like trying to apply for things and or like residencies like overseas or like, yeah. At the moment, I am waiting to hear back from things. So I, so I just kind of, I'm, I'm actually not doing much in here. <laughs> so that's kind of. Um, and is this this leftover residue? Is that yours? Yes, it is. What Little, were you making? Well, I was making these plaster slabs. Ah. Because um, they were little tests. Because I, when I was at art school, I made really little ones. So I would get a piece of a sheet of glass. Um, and make a border around it with clay and then pour plaster into it and then once it dried I would pull the clay off and then the plaster would just slide off the glass and so one side was really smooth like paper like mm. smoother than paper smoother than porcelain it felt just so smooth um, and then the other side was just a bit like rough like just like textured and stuff mm. um, and I used to screen print on them so I used to like treat the plaster as paper and like draw or like do stuff like that. Art. Art. I would make the art on it. <laughs> but then, but that was like at uni. And then like I kind of, and then I started using the plaster slabs as like sculptures, but I wouldn't print on them. I just use them as objects. And then, um, and then one day I thought, wow, I want to make a really huge one. And so, that's how you get into Sydney Festival. Yeah. You just make a really huge something. Just a huge something. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of known to make huge things, huge sculptures. Yeah. I don't know why. I one time made um, these four meter tall pendulums that swung. Were they dangerous? They were very dangerous and there were monitors attached to the pendulums. Hmm. So it was like a video work, but also like a- Swinging. Swinging, kinetic. It was, um, yeah, a little bit, it was for my third year grad show. Okay. I was too ambitious. It was really ridiculous, but. Um, I'm noticing a theme <laughs> of being too ambitious. <laughs> yeah. I think I've, I'm not, I think I've chilled out a bit, maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. The studio, it took me a while to settle. As it does, like, I think it, ta- it always takes you a while to settle into, like, a studio space, I feel. Mm. Um, but I feel very settled in it now, and I'm just quite sad that I'll have to leave soon. Mm. Um, Feb, which is in like what, four months, three mm. months? Yeah. But it's been very good. It's um, it's given I like having the space to just like make stuff. Like a mess make a huge mess <laughs> i mean it's not that messy right now no, but it, it has been messy at times but you had friends up here the other day yeah dancing. for scum yeah yeah it's yeah hosting people here has been really lovely treating it as a rehearsal space has been so nice yeah do you do some dancing in here <laughs> in your <laughs> in, in my studio time <laughs> well yeah aren't you i feel like heaps of shit that i've seen you do you perform yeah. Yeah, I guess. I always find that there's this like, I have like two, two practices and I have this like 
my practice where I make sculptures and yeah. video work. It's like and your marriage. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And your identity. And my identity. But then I have this other practice where I'm just a performer. Like a side. A little, little side thing. Yeah. And I perform, I love performing for other people and with other people. Um, and I just happen to have scored all of these roles, roles? I don't know, these opportunities to like dance for like these amazing choreographers. And I find that really crazy. Cause like, <laughs> I'd, I'd like, it's funny. People think I'm a dancer, but I'm not. But I am, because I do dance. So it's like, I don't, I don't know what to, how to really define that. And do, but do you, in, like, do you ever put that on your to-do list when you make a plan for the day? You're like, okay, I dance. Mean, yeah. Like, do just like a dance. Yeah. I don't put it on my to-do list, but I do it. Oh. Like, I don't need to put that on my to-do list because I just do it anyway. With what music? Yeah. Any. Yeah, or I just like because it, it's because I'm alone in this space, yeah. and there's just so much floor space. Yeah. I just I just like well I go like I get up to go to the bathroom, but then I actually just jig. start dancing. <laughs> Do a jig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what about I, the show that I saw you in where you were singing? Oh. I've seen you in a couple of shows where you're singing. Singing? There was one at, I think, um, Sydney Uni. So the one near the, near the little overpass walk bridge, there's a gap. Maybe it wasn't Sydney Uni. It's a, it was at a university gallery. And then there was the one. Oh, that one for Kieran. Yep. That one. Do you have stuff that you've made, mm. objects, and you perform, or do you usually only do one? Um, I do usually. Um, usually, I perform. Well, I usually actually perform for video, and then the videos are then within a larger installation. Mm -hmm. um, but then. That's recently. I used to actually perform a lot with objects mm -hmm. or like with a, an installation that I've made. Like with the scaffolding. Scaffolding, structures. yeah. And then um, you'd be on them. On them or like around them. Or but you would, would you sing as well or would you be I actually, like an I, inert body? An inert body, okay. yeah. But the singing, actually, I've never sung in my own work. Oh. I've only ever sung for people. And when I was young, I used to want to be a singer. <laughs> but then I let that dream go because I, <laughs> I thought it would be too hard. And then, like a dove, it came back to you. It came back to me, but it's crazy. It came back to me through art, like through you thought visual practice. being a singer would be too hard. Yeah. And when you I thought maybe if I'm a visual artist, that will be easy. Yeah, isn't it weird? Isn't it that, that kind of thinking is quite weird? <laughs> I used to, yeah, because I used to want to be a musician uh, and go to music school. Yeah. But my brother did that, and I felt like I was, I wasn't copying him, but I felt like I was like in his shadow. So I was like, fuck it. I'm good at painting, so I'm going to pursue art. And then it's like first year of art school, I realized that for the first project I ever did, it was a performance, and my 
super lecturer at the time kind of encouraged me to do that. And at the time, I didn't really know anything about performance, performance art, or like mm. even like dance and like any kind of performative thing. And so I was like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll try this. And then I did it. And I was like, it was the first time I ever like made something where I, that made me feel like I, un, like, I don't know, just like I understood like what I was doing or like I didn't even need to try and understand to understand mm. or something. I don't know. Because, yeah, I used to paint and draw and be really frustrated with everything. <laughs> uh, so do you... What about, so even when I saw you in that piece, that underbelly last year with Marcus. Yes. You were singing in that. Oh, that's, a f oh yeah, true. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes. But you. I did sing in that. Yeah. Yeah. But also I felt like, I guess I didn't feel like I, it was, I mean, it was a work that we both made, but I felt like Marcus really took on the music side mm. um and you know he wrote the song i guess that's why i didn't like think about it as my own mm. it, like it was obviously shared but i didn't yeah that's why i forgot yeah um <laughs> so <laughs> i'm interested in about when you like would make the sculptures and then just be on them yeah and then are you still making sculptures or now you just your body just walks into the space and performs something <laughs> um i think i'm definitely still making sculptures um i think when i went through that phase of like resting on the steel or like my body performing with the steel or something. I, I don't know, it was kind of, why was I, it was like, I was trying to, I was trying to like understand, I was making like a contrast between the object and the body. And then I was also looking at like movement that's made by the steel. And I don't know, like it, I wrote a thesis about it and Whoa. I can't even talk about it. Like, <laughs> it was actually called The Untrained Body. And it was about me being confused about being a dancer or not. Wow. And making these performances with my sculptures. Um, but I think I definitely, it's, I call myself a sculptor, even though most of my work is performative. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that's very that's very good currently. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because most of the performance work that gets commissioned is by people who are not performers. Yeah. Right. That's true. Especially in Sydney, where the institutions that have money are fine art institutions, not performing yeah, art institutions. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. So actually, yeah. it's a good place to be performing for the fine art institutions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. Well, I mean scum. Mm. Yes. At art space. Yeah. That's a thing that happens. There's all these sculptures in the way. 
And then I know. you guys are just singing and dancing. That's it. With knives. With knives. Um, yes. What are you what are you making? What are you is there like a cohesive okay. How you said in retrospect you were <clears throat> juxtaposing the steel and the untrained body and the textures yes. and the softness and that. Is there do you feel like there's a in a few years you'll look back and have an overarching thing of what you're doing right now? I think so. I think I've definitely, um, with that whole body and steel thing, mm. I think I kind of gave it a bit of a rest. Yeah. Like, I think I tried, were you in Melbourne that time when Ange did bus projects? Were you there? Maybe. I do tend to follow her around. Yeah. Well, because I made sculptures in the space. Mm. Did you see them? Oh, no. I saw on your Insta. Oh, okay. On I'm a few people Insta. Instagram, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was like probably, I, that was something that was, that's more related to the work that we're talking about, yeah. but I hadn't kind of explored that in, in a while. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, and, that, and then I did a performance, I asked Ellen to perform with me. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of, like I feel like that's also, I've, that was like kind of a one-off thing and now it's like resting. Cause I, cause since then I've just been making like works, um, works like in really, like with my parents and with my family, like, a, like video work. On and about or like collaboratively? Or more on and about, but really, well, what, I, what I've been trying to explore in these works and it's like kind of really cheesy and lame, but it's like, my, I think my work is about intimacy and connection, right? Isn't all work about that? <laughs> I mean, not all work, but like, it's nice to see work that's about that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, and it's also the thing that like we all feel. So you're saying that all work should be about that. Maybe, it should all work. I think all work should be about <laughs> intimacy love. Intimacy and connection love. <laughs> Yeah, well, intimacy and connection is love. Um, anyway. Um, but like the way that I explore those ideas are with my parents mm. um, and like the relationship I have with them because it's a bit of a confusing relationship being it like because they're immigrants and there's language barriers. So in physical and emotional intimacy is quite, um, I don't know how you would describe it. It's just been something that I am always dealing with, like with them, okay. or like trying to unravel or like trying to um, work on or something. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of been my main focus, like making work about those things. Um, Is it mm. Just the thing that we make work about things that we that are not solved for us yet that we yeah. have no resolve over. Or that we I don't think that's or yeah. That we want to know deeper. Yeah, I feel like you keep making work because you just you're just delving deeper into the questions mm. that you can't like the questions you don't have answers for. And do you know what that question is? <clears throat> I don't know. Mm. Like, isn't the eternal question like what is? like what is like life and what is love like i feel like that's what is the maybe i think the i thought the eternal question is like why 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 are we here 
Yeah, and I think one of the what? best answers is love. Yes. So it's like you've already done that bit, maybe, and then the bit that you're doing is, but what the fuck is that? Yeah. And and how is it supposed to be, and how do I do it, and yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm just putting words in your mouth. No, I um, there they are questions that are in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then what do you? How do you, what do you do about that? How do you just be like, all right, fam, let's talk about love. Oh God. See, that's, see, that's something I could never do with my family. But like the only thing that I can do, if anything, like I started making, I actually, the first work I made about or with them or like about them was actually in my first year of uni. And I was like, what am I doing? Making work with my parents, is that lame? <laughs> like, but then, like, it's always kind of stuck with me, and I've actually, like, been making work, like, about them for a while. And, um, and I think that that's been a way... It's like, like, I can't just be, like, to my parents, what do you, what's love? Or, like, what do you think of, like, couldn't... I, like, feel like that would be impossible... But then I can, but then I can have like intimate connections with them through the work I make. Like, like I feel like it's justified because I'm making an artwork, and then therefore it like we get closer. And there's and it's become this thing where like we don't we don't talk about it, but I know that my parents feel it, and I feel it, and I know my brother feels it too. Like, whenever I make a new work, they're just like, I don't know. Like, they don't say anything, but they can feel that we've gotten closer. Or something. Does that, sorry, that doesn't make any sense, but... It makes a lot of sense. I wonder at what point they, <clears throat> they become collaborators. Yeah. I did ask my dad... Well, the thing is... I don't think I want to collaborate with them. <laughs> um, and I think that's okay. Yeah. I think it's so fine. <clears throat> yeah. Just just go in and then take yep. material. That's it. And come back to the studio. That's it. But they love it. They love doing that. Mm. Like, yeah. Is there something that you would want to change? In my practice, or mm. like in the way of I make? Or? Well, I'm at, well, I'm thinking because I made this duet called The Blokes Project, mm. and it came from a very similar place of not being able to have a direct conversation with men in my family about mm. the ways in which they're fucked up. Yeah. And that they don't have to continue it. It's okay. They can let, yeah. it, let it go. Mm, <laughs> mm. Um, and so just making a dance show instead of having <laughs> that conversation. Yeah. And so, but what it, uh, I think, made me realise is that uh, at one, that I've taken the stand, the position that I can change myself, but I shouldn't then go and try and change other people. But maybe 
but that still means that I want I would like something to be different but mm. it just means that I'm not going to do it or I don't think that it's fair for me to push it on to people yeah that they be different or yeah and I wonder what it's like in what you're talking about that there is this unresolve of love and how to love and how to be together mm. but it's not that you're going to force change upon people no no but that doesn't mean that it's finished and that it's okay and that you're happy with it mm. so I, I guess yeah I don't know I was just going to ask, like, if you wanted something to change. Yeah. If you think that making art is, like, a thing that you can do so that you feel like you're doing something. Yeah. Or if you hope that it's actually going to... Mm, heal the world. Yeah. <laughs> Make it a better place. place. <laughs> for you and for me and the entire human race. No. <laughs> oh my god. I don't um I don't know. I think something else that makes me like one thing I feel quite passionately about, I guess, is like um l- like living as an Asian in Australia and I feel like um like for me I don't know, the times where I've showed my work, um, the work that I make with my parents, um, like what means, what means everything to me is when like someone will come up to me and they'll be like, I really connected with your work because I feel like I, like I go through these same feelings and like I, like, it sounds so cheesy when you talk about it. That's why I'm really struggling. Keep it coming. <laughs> like, I hate the cheese, but the thing is, I'm just complete cheese. So it's like, of course, it's just going to be cheese. <laughs> like, but like... But people love cheese. People love cheese, but people have like... Like, I recently just met someone who um, is like an Australian Chinese person. And they were just like, I didn't like, I didn't know who they were, but they were like... they just introduced themselves to me and they were just like hey I just want to say like thank you so much like for your work like it like I I really resonate with it and I really connect with it and it just it's really nice that like that I'm able to meet you and like I'm able to like talk to you about this kind of stuff and it's like really like it's very like it's quite like I get really overwhelmed by it but it's like quite touching Mm. and like, I mean, I'm not making work for them, <laughs> but like, I always make work for me and for, you know, whatever, but like, it's like, but also for people, but like, it's not like I'm, t- anyway, oh my God, I'm digging myself into a hole. But you're not reaching out to people. No, I'm not trying to heal the world like Michael Jackson, but. He tried. He tried. Um, but like, <clears throat> but I guess like if, if. It's just great that I'm able to reach people like that. Mm. Like, but 
Um, Do you think you reach your family? I think so. Mm. I think so. And do they... Are they as aware as you are about the discourse that your work's a part of about being Asian immigrants to Australia? I think they get it. I try to explain it to them and that and like my parents kind of respond in a way like they're like, mm, yes. Oh, okay. Very good. But like, do they really get it? I don't know. I just have to assume yeah. that they do. But they support and love you. They yeah, exactly. They'll support and love anything <laughs> that I do. <laughs> but um yeah. I don't know. I just I just don't know what like, you know, one day I'm going to stop making work about them, mm. probably. Mm. And, um, like, who knows what my work will be like then. Probably about your children. Oh You'll stop God. making work on your parents. You'll stop <laughs> making work making on your children. children. <laughs> oh, my God. The future. So I started making work about me, mm. and then I started making work about my parents, <laughs> and then I started making work... <laughs> But what, so what, there's a language barrier between, like, generationally between your parents and you mm. and your brother? Well, the barrier is just um, the fact, so my dad's from Korea, my mum's from China, but they moved to Japan. Like native? Native. Native. To each? To each. And grew up speaking those languages? Yeah. So dad in Seoul, mum in Shanghai, yeah. until they were both around 20. Then they moved to Japan. Tokyo to study. They met at art school. Cute. Um, but then they, you know, learnt Japanese, fluent in Japanese, communicate in Japanese. Moved to Sydney. Started learning English. So English is very broken to them. Like they, like they. Sometimes I have to speak a bit slow, slowly when I speak to them because otherwise they just like don't get it. They just I'm just blah, 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 and they're just like. Slow down. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and um, yeah, so then when my brother and I were born, our first language was actually Japanese because um, that's what they speak to um, each other. And, um, but then when we started going to school, we started learning English. Then we'd start talking English and they'd stop talking to us in Japanese. And all that we just, they still did, but then we would, but then they'd mix it with Japanese and English and then we just stopped speaking Japanese. But I can still understand it. So it's like this weird, like, got it there, but then the confusing bit growing up was like having the Japanese language but not being Japanese <laughs> and just being quite confused about my Korean and Chinese background, but being in Australia too. So I was quite confused, um, but then yeah, so the language barrier is just, like, not being able to express as much. Um, and, like, also for my parents. I know they're fluent in Japanese, but I feel like they're still... I don't know how fluent they are. Like, they can talk to each other, but then I think there's also a small barrier between them as well. So there's just, like, all these bar like language barriers. So, yeah. And then what about... physically? Physically, uh, very cold. Um, I, I don't mean describe them. I mean, like, what are the different <laughs> physical languages and intimate intimacy languages yeah. that are being spoken that are with barriers or without barriers? Well, there's not much. There's not much physical in, like. There's not 
the intimate. I but is that like, so, sorry, I'm trying to reframe. Tell me if it's useless mm. to do this. Where it's, if, if, is your dad operating, say, on a Korean intimacy language? Yes. Culturally. Culturally. And your mom's operating on a Chinese intimacy definitely. language culturally. <clears throat> That's definitely. And then you are, what are you operating on? I'm just operating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is, is that... <laughs> The way that I think my mom is operating, um, she like, like she grew up in the end of communism and then like, and had a huge Chinese family, like huge family, like, like 11 aunties and uncles and then all of that, like just, and I think she came from, they weren't a wealthy family, but they were not, like they were like above middle class. Upper middle class, that's what it's called. Upper, upper middle class. Upper middle class Chinese family. And, but then, but like her parents, she, her grandma raised her because her parents always had to work. So they were never with her. And so she kind of grew up without her parents. Okay, and so then, they were upper middle class, but the price of being that was to not have a relationship yeah. with parents because they're earning... They totally. weren't crazy rich Asians. No, they weren't. They definitely weren't. <laughs> they weren't that movie. No way. <laughs> oh my god. And so have my, you seen that movie? I have. Oh my okay. god, I bawled my eyes out. Oh, the really? ring, the reveal. Okay. I, I haven't seen it. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, Kate. There's no. What was, <laughs> there's nothing in that film that would re- even like. There's nothing. Like. It's, <laughs> Did you resonate with that film, or did you just, did you feel sorry? No, the real question is: Did you feel compelled to see it because of the title, and because of being an well, Australian Asian? Yes, and also all the reviews. I was just like, okay, I have to watch it. May as well. And then I didn't feel like I really resonated no. because it's real. Like they're really crazy rich Asians. Oh, like okay. they're like rich, okay. and so um, if yeah. anything, I resonated with one of the characters like the one who's not a crazy rich Asian but goes who's just a crazy yeah I okay. <laughs> are we all crazy uh yeah and we keep each other in check about what type of crazy exactly so that we can be predictable enough to live in a society wow that's we should that's could, my theory that's yeah <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I wanted to make a sound but um but um what was I saying we were talking about your your oh, yeah. mom's parents my mom. working all the time. Yeah, and I think this is something that I like, so it's like try to, to analyse. Yeah, when I was like growing up and feeling so distant from mum and thinking like, what? Why is she so cold? And just like, I was angsty as well, but like... As a teenager. As a teenager, okay. yeah. But, um, <laughs> but she... Um, Where did you grow up? Like which suburb? Which side of Sydney? The North Shore. Okay. Angsty North Shore. Yeah, teenager. I was Angsty North Shore who went to a school on the northern beaches and it was yeah. a private Christian school. So no wonder I was angsty. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and so, but like I get it because like mum, and also I think I felt so distant from mum because she was always working. Okay, which is, I imagine, how she knew how to be mum. Exactly. And so when I was old enough and mature enough to like realise that, I was like, this That's, is how you love. This is how you love, and she loves me, but in this way. Okay. And so that was like, 
good for me to understand. And with my dad, I think I would say that we connect more on an emotional level, but it's like, because my dad is like, my mom, like I've never seen her cry. My dad, my gosh, he will like watch a TV ad and start bawling his eyes out. Like, like he's very soft. Not a KFC ad. Probably not a KFC okay. ad, but maybe something. Like a, a health fund ad or something. Probably. Right? Yeah, like yeah. Taking care of your parent. Yeah. yeah. But he's very like <clears throat> easy to cry. He's like very like poetic and he like, you know, will send me poems or like, you know, tell me to read this book or like watch this movie. And it's like, Indeed. um, sometimes, but growing up though, I feel like that's only been a recent thing, like in the last four years or so, okay. but growing up, like when I was a teenager, I think he just didn't know how to, how to be a, how to take care of a girl going through her yeah, I think teenage that's years. probably common in the world. Over. I think it's very common. And so, like, I was... I, I was such a pain. But, um, yeah, I think there was... That definitely... There was that little distant time between us. But it's a lot better now. But I was also... Like, I was going through a lot of, like, internalised racism and, like... And, you know, one time I said to my parents, I'm never eating Asian food again. Because I was like, you know, so teased. Like mum used to make me like sushi and fried rice for lunch. Delish Delicious. and so like good. So good. But the kids at school would always just be like, yuck, what is that, blah. And so I was like, mum, I want you to make me sandwiches for lunch. And yeah, yeah. like all of this stuff. And so I was I like- I Vegemite on something well yeah or just like wonder bread with wonder white and just like something on the sound something yeah, gross basically. something gross like, i need to fit in i have to eat gross food exactly and like but at the time i was like yeah thank goodness i'm eating wonder white now because like i fit in now but like hardly but anyway it was like <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so i feel like there was like it was also just like, I found it hard to relate to my parents because I, because in a way I felt quite othered growing up. I saw my parents as others as well. Like I didn't see them as like, like I kind of looked down on my parents, but it wasn't. You were racist at your parents. I was racist. Well, I was racist towards myself and my family. I was ashamed. I of, guess that makes sense. If you're yeah. racist at your parents and you are. Yeah. Of your parents. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, that's me. Yeah. Okay. Like, and because, like, I was, like, I had, like, such a white mindset. Like, I was, like, I don't know, like. A, for <laughs> listeners, you can't see the head wobble. <laughs> yeah. But it I was wobbled a my head. Bit, um, clueless. <laughs> yeah. The movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, why did I, I get the here? The closest I can get to maybe empathizing is when I wanted mm. to, when I knew that I wanted to dance mm. and I thought fuck I'm at, I'm at the back of the like line of people and cultures that have dance in their bodies and groove mm. and rhythm mm. and I was like fuck you guys but you're a dancer yeah and you make dance it's true and you got the groove <laughs> the groove the groove and the rhythm in your body I hope so 
But I, I feel lucky about meeting a bunch of Filipino boys and yeah. learning how to break dance with them. Because yeah. there wasn't any other white boys dancing. <laughs> but, yeah. No, just that, like, yeah. I, I think what I'm saying is it was definitely not as extreme as what you're no. talking about. But no. if I could empathise at all, it would be from that place where I felt like I was starting behind the eight ball because of Yeah, totally. That. Mm. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. Were you racist at your brother as well? My brother was really mean to me when we were young, and I'd always, like, whenever he'd walk past me, I'd flinch because I was so used to him punching me, giving me bruises on my arm. Um, And then that phase ended, and I was no longer flinching, but I was held a lot of resentment. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I think it all broke one day, and I just, like, fell in love with my brother like I was like my brother is amazing and I would like looked up to him but then he was also distant distant but he we grew up very differently I feel because like I feel like Shane but he but he was also a, a male like I feel like he grew up in the world of obviously very differently to me but like he had a closer relationship with dad growing up and like he was, he, I don't know. Also, I feel like he's very optimistic and I'm pessimistic. And oh. so... You're not optimistic, you I don't know. What do you think? Well, I have observed that you're ready to love. I'm definitely ready to love. <laughs> Always open that for love. That seems like an optimism. Oh, okay. I guess that's optimistic. Or oh, I'm very melancholic. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm like always like... What does that mean? Does that mean that you enjoy brooding reflection? Maybe. Because can you be passionately melancholic, or are they ox? Is that an oxymoron? I think you can definitely be passionately melancholic. <laughs> <laughs> and does that help with being an artist? I think so. <laughs> Maybe. Well, it's got me here. So. <laughs> no. The art space. Oh. How old are you? I'm 25. Okay. 1993. Wow. How That's, old are you? Sorry, uh, am I allowed to ask you on yeah. your own? Radio. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I can edit it out. Oh. I'm 33. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my brother was born in 92. Oh, so okay. I feel like oh, your brother. I've practiced relating. Yeah, okay. To a little, to, to, little, to a young person like <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, to keep us on track. Okay, sorry. Do you... What... You've made sculptures, and then some of them have been scaffolding, and you've put your body on them. Yeah. And then you've made these other things out of plaster, and you've drawn on them, and then you've, like, sung in shows. I've sung in shows. And you've made videos on that are, like, strapped to giant swinging pendulum objects. And you also have been a dancer in shows, yeah. in galleries and in theatres. Yeah. Um, what's your... Oh. Like, it just seems like you're doing a lot of things. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I am doing a lot of things. But when you kind of put it like that, it does feel like I'm doing a lot of things. But I think... 
What, what was your question? You didn't even ask me a question. You didn't ask like, me a question. I wonder what Eugene's going to answer to this oh, one oh question. <laughs> um, I think the question was going to be something like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like when you do all these things, <clears throat> the effort that it takes to make all of these things, what's... What am I doing? Yeah, well, like what's your biggest hope? For all the effort that it takes to make work. Oh God! Oh, that's a hard question. It's mm. a really, really hard question. We've got time. I know we've got till one when I have to be at work. <laughs> <laughs> also, you're young, so you've got time oh, as well. Um, what is my hope? God. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Like, I just feel like I can't, like, I feel like I can't answer this without, like, singing Heal the World, <laughs> you know? Like, it's... <laughs> but, I, yeah, I, obviously you're a force in the world because you're outputting. Mm. You're, you're being affected by it and then you're putting something back out there and saying, please consider this. Yeah. And I imagine that comes with some kind of agenda or plea or... Love. <laughs> okay. Uh, how? How do, you, how do you think about love and make work? Oh. Like, what do you do? Apart from, the, like, making a list of what to do with the day, how do you decide what goes on that list? How do I decide it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um... I find this is a really hard thing to... to but it is just comes from a feeling? Or you're like, okay, this thing needs to be in by this date, which means if I do this, then I can add a, a thing onto it and then I can reframe it in this way. Like, is it strategy or is it... Like the way I make Inspiration, work. yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's both. Strategy. Strategic inspiration. It's strategic inspiration. <laughs> I mean, we all make work when there's a deadline. Mm. Like, that's always a thing. Mm. But I think at the end of the day, I don't know, why are we making work? Like, we can just choose to not, you know. Or like, I don't know, like, it's like, I can't explain it. I know that's such a bullshit answer, but it's like, you know, I've... I've chosen to make work and to work a really shitty job on the side because, you know, like, and I think that's always going to, it's always kind of going to be like that because it's like I'm, I think I'm happiest. I don't, yeah, I don't, it's, I don't know how to answer this question. Sorry. Me neither. I don't think anyone really does. And if they think they do. Then they've, they don't have it. I don't know. They don't... No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, like, pretty, like... I think artists, like, all... <laughs> creatives. <laughs> I hate using the word creative. I'm sorry. Erase that. Um, rewind. Um, <laughs> everyone is, like... 
Anyway, okay, I need to. <laughs> I'm not trying to like. I'm really thinking about my words now, yeah, so I'm like, like being weird. Have you um, ever seen a bomb explode underwater? No. The shock waves kind of push out, then collapse on themselves, and then push out again, and then collapse oh, wow. on themselves. And then put, it seems kind of like this. Oh, okay, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're I like know. including all artists, and then you're like, I don't know, you collapse on yourself, <laughs> and you're like, all people like, <laughs> collapse on themselves. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, what was I even... I, I, I want to hear you tell us about your feelings that make work, that make you make work, and what you're listening to when you're making decisions while you're making work. My feelings. How do you know, how do you know what to do? How do I know what to do? Um... Like, why is the scaffold at nine degrees? Like when you're lying oh, on it, right. why, why is it like on an angle at that bus projects one or why is the, why I mean, it's all, I mean, the reason why I use steel, I use steel because it kind of is, is like the, the framework of my work. Like it's like the skeleton. It's the mm-hmm. thing that holds me in place because it's, it material the materiality of it is that it's stable it's strong it's heavy it's weighted and so there's and i like to play i like to use that and because i started using it in contrast with my body i saw it as this like solid object but then i saw my body as this fluid object Mm -hmm. and i liked and i always tried to create or find equilibrium between two things and so um, but then I think the reason why I chose scaff was because it was like, it can be so, it can be like a very strong object that is stable and doesn't move, but then it's so easily deconstructible, like, and then it disappears mm. and then it's like, it's like it wasn't even there. And it's like, and I think I also like that yes it's this thing that gives me stability but it's also the thing that I create for myself in my work and so it's like I control it (laughs) but also it actually has control over me like it's like this um, um, uh, yeah (laughs) Do you feel, uh, um, I'm interested to know how you feel about being, or has it happened to you that you're programmed specifically uh, for any reason other than the art that you make? Like, do you ever get programmed because you're a woman? Do you ever get programmed because you're Asian? Mm. Or do you just get programmed because of the, the, work, the work that you make and that it fits into what the curator's working on? I'm trying to really think about that. Or would you know, I guess? I feel like it's never been, I, like... Or do you feel like you've not been programmed sometimes because you're a woman or not been programmed oh. because you I'm, I'm wondering think, about all the things that make you up. Or like, of course. Or not been programmed because you're still too young. Or yeah. Been put in because it's a youth exhibition. Yeah. yeah. 
I think that um, I think I've been really lucky mm. in that in a way that like I think it's actually whenever like I've been asked to be in a show um, or to perform in something or put or whatever um, I always like really think about it and see and try and like see where they're coming from and like um, and I yeah I think I've been lucky that it's um, it's always the work which is not the case for a lot of people I feel um, which is quite shit um, but yeah I think it's I don't know I've been really lucky on that side like people like won't just see my work as like they will really look at my work and understand it or like put it in a context where it makes sense mm. and so I'm like thank you I, I really appreciate that like it's nice that you're not looking at me as a per like well they are looking at me as a person and then looking at my work and yeah I don't know yeah so sorry I'm in anemia. <laughs> <laughs> when, when does that supposed to wear off? How long? Like five years or something of anemia. Of what? Anemic. How long? <gasps> wear off? It will never wear off. Wait, what do you mean? Since the infusion. Oh, the infusion. I think, well, this is the first infusion, so we're going to see how well my body absorbs the iron. Uh, so in two weeks, we'll see if I'm at full iron levels. Do you know what that gonna feel like no because I can't remember the last time I wasn't lethargic oh. I don't know what it's like to I don't know this feels normal to me but apparently it's not normal so I have no idea okay so we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> yeah it's this weird thing when you're training where you like become more flexible over time and then that feels normal or you become mm. more strong or you become and then you, you feel like you've had an upgrade. You, wow. You like really easily lift your backpack across the seat or whatever or something. And then a couple of weeks later, it's normal and it's not as exhilarating. Yeah, it it's not. It's easy. fine. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, even if you maintain the extra strength that you built. I remember doing a show and having to lift people a lot. And, and that for the period of that show, I could like really easily just lift shit up onto high onto shells and that. Mm. Anyway. So maybe you'll end up with superpowers. Um, and then I'll feel normal again. And then I'll feel normal again. But, but you feel like you're still, you're still very friendly, even being like... <laughs> Can't you be anemic and friendly? Well, I just imagine that being anemic that, is being exhausted. Yeah. And I don't know about being exhausted and friendly. That's very true. But maybe it's because it's been normal to me that it's just been, I've, it's amazing what your, what, how, like what your brain and how you feel, mm. like what your body can go through when you're like not aware of like, cause I feel like I felt, I thought I was fine. Like maybe I thought I was really unfit and lazy, but then as soon as I found out after that, it's been like, you know, yeah, I walk up the steps and I, I really feel it now because I'm like, 
whoa, yeah, I'm puffed. But I used to feel puff. I used to feel that walking up the steps, but I didn't think anything of it because I was like, it's normal. Mm. I just thought it was nothing. So I, I never really thought about it. But now, you know, I like, even like getting to art space, I was like, <sighs> but it's never been a struggle for me until now that I know that I'm anemic and get really puffed out and lethargic. <laughs> Uh, do you think that art can do this? Where people are like, of course everybody's fucked. Of course the world's shit. And then you make an art, and then they're like, oh. It doesn't, it's not always shit. It doesn't have to be shit. And this isn't good enough. <laughs> like that moment May of reconsidering yes. what we have taken as the way it is. I think so. Mm. I think art has that power. I hope. I, 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 think it, I think it does have that power. Um, when you're stressed. Yes. To get something finished. Yeah. Or when you're stressed working with people. Do you, is there something that you try and remember? Oh, is there something I try and remember? Um, or like a... Yeah, well, when it's like when I get stressed and I'm making something. Um, I just, um, there's nothing specific I try and remember, mm. I don't think, because every work is quite different, I feel. Mm. But there's, I always like, because I, I tend to like, I think I get really distracted and like, we'll start, I don't know, I know with the recent work that I made, it was for an art prize. And it was, the winner got $28,000. It's huge, um, but stressful. Mm. And like, I could see myself getting distracted, like thinking about, like looking at my work and thinking, what will the, what will the judges think? But then being like, no, I shouldn't make work like that. Like I shouldn't be thinking about that. Even though, yeah, we were in an art prize, but it's like, then what, what does your work, I don't know, like I just feel like you should always just make what you make and then, then that's judged. Anyway, um, but I think when I was getting all caught up in that, I just had to just, well, that, that particular work was, um, was based off a poem that my father wrote me. And the work was called My Father Wrote Me a Poem, 2018. But... <laughs> But like, for me, what I actually had, what reminded me of like, what the work was actually about was just reading my dad's poem. And like, and I was able to just be like, it's fine, like, I, this work, this work is good and this work means something to me and hopefully to other people and, and that calmed me down in the stress period. What was the work? It was um, a single channel video it's like a projection on a wall, so it's like quite big, and then two sculptures. So I had this like I had a space like this. Something was projected there mm. on that wall. There was a sculpture there and a sculpture there. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was the first time. So I, I make video work a lot, but usually when I make video work, it's like I turn the camera on, I film something, I turn the camera off. All I do in the editing process is like cut and cut and that's it and that's the video. Mm. But this one was actually an 18 minute film 
And so that was a lot of this, had a lot of anxiety doing that and a lot of subtitling as well um, and using like programs and just being, getting really angry at my laptop. But um, yeah, it was a challenge, but I feel like I, I was happy with it. And I'm, I feel like now I can do film because <laughs> I've done it now. Mm. So it's, um, that's definitely, I went through a process there and I learnt and I keep going. <laughs> Is there something else that you think that you, that, that you can't do yet and then you'll just do it for a project and then, you, and you, then you'll I, know that you can have done it? <clears throat> Not surgery or anything like that. No, not <laughs> surgery. I feel like I want to like... Um, well, I actually... It's funny how we talk about singing because I want to bring my voice into my work. Mm. And I've used my voice a lot in other people's work. But it's never been my own work. Mm. And I think I want to maybe try that it's just I'm either too scared or I feel like I'm not capable of it but I know I am but it's like I'm maybe it's or the, finding the right time and the yeah, right project the classic like if you're a performer under someone else's director if if someone thinks that there was a shit artistic decision mm. you can just say I was doing my job yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was doing like I know the Cory shit, but I did it really well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's something. You're you're just performing. Yeah. You're yeah. Just, you're that's your job. Yeah. But if you've made the decision to get yourself to sing, it's like um, you can't. How can nothing you, to hide behind. Nothing to hide behind. You exactly. Bother, like you've made the decision that the best thing that can happen right now is for you to sing. Yes. <laughs> artistically and creatively. Uh huh. And it, you're probably right. But it's just harder to listen to yourself than someone else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, probably that. But I just don't know when that will be. Like, that's not an EP launch or anything? No, I don't think it's an EP launch. Definitely not. <laughs> I also, I, I don't, I want to use more sound in my work, maybe. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it just, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I'm ready for it yet. But that was like the video, right? Yeah, that's very true. Hey, when I it. said that, I was like, what am I saying? Um, <laughs> you'll do it and then you will. Have I'll do it and then that's it. Like, yeah. 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 This is very long. <laughs> well, we could be done huh. if you want to be done. I'm easy. <laughs> uh, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to talk about? Um, like about recurring dreams <laughs> that make it into your work or about... Wow, recurring dreams. How to, how to come into the studio when you're going through heartbreak or... Oh, Jesus. Or um, well, like balance being someone who makes objects with this like fully realized sensual being who also performs and creates and wants to be intimate oh it's all very it's all just like if you want to talk about any of those it's, things. it's quite overwhelming <laughs> it is um look i don't 
Um, or if you even want to just talk about like your favourite, anything, your favourite place to go and be alone and wait for inspiration to come or your favourite work setup. Like, is it to be alone in an empty room or is it to be with a group of people doing an improv jam in Nandis before you go down and perform? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love that. <laughs> but to be honest, I think... Um, yeah, I think that... I think that... Because there are those two parts when I'm performing I love to be with other people and around other people constantly but when I'm making work like with like in my own practice I'm very I kind of isolate myself mm. yeah but I feel like I need to do that or it's just something I've always done so it's just the only way I know I feel like yeah because also I feel quite responsible for like I always feel like I have to not that that ever happens but like if like my mind is in art making mode I like can't have a conversation with anyone like I, you know like I get very um, it's like the classic like artist in the in the you know the in the zone mm. I, I very much so live up to that um, cliche but um, yeah that's I like that it, that a cliche is something that you can live up to. <laughs> <laughs> not like fall into, not be trapped by, but live up. Live to. up to. I guess I didn't mean to mean it. I didn't mean it like that. But <laughs> but it's a nice idea <laughs> that some cliches come about because that's because they're useful. Well, because they're useful, but also cliches are cliches. Right? Like, cliches are a cliche because it's a thing that's very... That ha- like that happens. That happens. Yeah. I just always wonder if it happens because it always has happened or if it happens because... It's a cliche. It's the best way oh, for it's a it be- to happen. Oh, the best way for it. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. No, I don't know either. We don't have to know. No, unanswered questions. Where do you get inspiration from? I feel like I get inspiration from people. Oh. <laughs> Heal the world. And then, <laughs> sorry, sorry. And then you lock the door. I know. And then you I know. <laughs> Away, people. I think. I must make work. <laughs> I think. I think a lot of my like inspiration for my work comes from like experience. I feel like every work I make is um, like I feel like my work is autobiographical. Mm. Isn't all work autobiographical? Like some work is, but yeah, like I think some people pretend that it's not. That it's not yet, but, but actually what it else is. do they have to draw from? Exactly. Yeah. From yeah. Unless they're facilitating and they're not authoring. But yeah, yeah. if you're authoring. Then it's definitely coming yeah. from it's, yeah. It's it's filtered through your own Totally. Psychosis. Totally. Yeah. So like yeah, experience. Um And do you set up experiences for you to have so that as a way to curate what you can then draw from? I don't think so. Okay. It's accidental. Setting up experiences? Like, you can't make work from the point of view of a, a garbage truck driver. No, but I wouldn't make work no. from the point of view from a garbage truck driver. 
unless you thought, I wonder. And then you got a job driving a garbage truck for a few years. Oh. It becomes who you are. Yeah, it becomes, yeah, right. And then that is part of your yeah, totally. biography. I don't think I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I set up these experiences. Yeah. Mm. How do you deal with um, uh, there's a word aspiration being aspirational and being driven? And How do I deal with it? Hard. Yeah. Um, drinking lots of water. That's number one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good one. No, I kind of mean, there's another word that I'm trying to think of mm. that I can't think of, but it basically means that you're hungry for success. Oh. Am I hungry for success? I think that you are. Really? Yeah, I don't think, why would you work so hard? True. But I guess, I guess like... It sounds so funny, like hungry for success. That's like quite weird. <laughs> like That's I, why I'm trying to think of the actual. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, how do I deal with that? Um, I guess I just. I just. You just work. I, I just work. I just work really hard, but then also like. I think it's like, cause I mean, ideally you just want to be making work all the time. I feel, mm. I feel like I always want to be making work. Mm. But then, you know, it's pretty expensive in Sydney and you've got to like work your other job and you get tired and you also especially like- Especially when you're anemic. Especially when you're anemic. <gasps> And then, you know, you have like other life things like romance and other stuff and they, yes. get, they get in the way. Well, they don't get in the way. No, no, they don't get in the way. No, I didn't mean it like that. But like they're, they're all contributing they, yeah, they to are, your they life. They're hungry for you, yeah. your time and your focus. And, and so, it's like, so it's like trying to juggle life. Well, it's like, well, actually like, hmm. How do you deal with it? I think I've been trying to take care of myself more because mm. I, I think I used to not do that. But like, I feel like I'm taking steps, but like, it's been really good since I've figured out that I'm anemic because mm. like, then I actually really have to take care of myself. But like, uh, <laughs> um, I think just trying to, I don't know, trying to balance it all out. I'll try, I don't know. Mm. Working the, really hard, but then like giving time to your friends and like, I don't know, to, for yourself. I, don't, <laughs> I, I guess I don't really think about that. Mm. Sort of, and I don't really like, I just go through life 
right? <laughs> Without, oh, now I'm probably gonna think about it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know, sorry, I don't think my answers have been very, um... I think they've been insightful. Really? And I think if nothing else, it'll make people feel like it's okay if they don't know either. Thanks, <laughs> Eugene. <laughs> uh, oh, that's fine. Um, I'm so glad I'm finally... On Wombat Radio. On Wombat Radio. It's been like a long time coming. But um, you're great. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. 